The Winning Way Podcast is brought to you by 323 Sports. If you're looking for a sports equipment and apparel company, then look no further. 323 Sports will do it right and get you exactly what you need. Visit them at 323sports.com or reach out to sales at 323sports.com to get in contact with a team rep today. Like them, follow them, and add them at 323sports to keep up with all things in the realm of sports equipment and apparel. On episode 16, we sit down with Coach Tony Miller from Bob Jones University. He is the head of the sports administration department at BJU and is the assistant coach for the men's basketball team. We discuss the opportunities and importance of social media platforms within our programs and how to use the resources that are around you and at your fingertips. We discuss the direction of small college athletics and the direction they are headed in the next several years. We also discuss Tony's two favorite classes that he teaches and the importance of these classes. We talk about how to network and how to properly do it as well. Enjoy this episode and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Winning Way and feel free to email us any questions, suggestions, and comments at thewinningwaypodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy. All right, welcome back to uh, the Winning Way podcast. Uh, I am your host, Zach Shank. I'm here with my co-host. Tommy Brown. Tommy, how you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? doing Beard's well. looking good, looking trim, good. Yeah, you know. It's, uh, yeah. We're about to head out on a Christmas break here, so. Um, yeah, looking good, man. You know, I got family coming in, so I got to clean up a little bit and, and look good for pictures, per my wife's request. So, there you go. No, you haven't uh, got the Christmas picture out yet? Um, I'm not sure. I you just, don't even know? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't handle those, uh, those things in the household. So you don't even know if y'all sent a Christmas card out? Can't, can't, can't help you with that one. Have you seen one in the mail? You would not send me one. Hey. You did ask me for my address, though, didn't you? I did. I did. So there's something coming your way. Yes, there is. But anyway. It's not a Christmas card, though. I guarantee it. Not a Christmas card. Might be a Christmas gift. Not a card, though. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm I'm excited about today. We got a guest on today, um, and uh, I'm excited to talk uh, uh, with him and and kind of hear about uh, the program there at uh, at Bob Jones and and get a little bit more uh, information on it. So uh, we're here today with our guest, uh, Coach Tony Miller, uh, who is the head of the uh, Sports Administration and Sports Management Department there at Bob Jones University in South Carolina. Uh, so, Coach Miller, I appreciate you joining with us today. I appreciate you guys having me on here. I'm looking forward to talking a little bit of this and a little bit of that with you. Absolutely. Um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself, how, uh, how you got started and how you got to where you are now here at Bob Jones and, and some of the things, little side projects that you have going on because, like we just talked about, you've got a little bit of uh, everything going on. So, share a little bit about yourself and some of the projects and things you have going on. Uh, I got to Bob Jones in the early 2000s and I uh, got my undergraduate program there. And at the time, the major was called health, fitness, and recreation, which was kind of a little bit of exercise science, a little bit of sport management, a little bit of recreational management. Um, and when I graduated with that, I, I really wanted to be a high school athletic director and a coach. And so that was my plan all along. I'd come from a family that school teachers, both my parents were school teachers. And so I like, I just been around it um, and, and had the desire to go back and use athletics to be able to, to teach. And, um, you know, 
history was something that I enjoyed. That was my minor. And so I was planning to go back and teach history and PE and that kind of thing. Uh, and then it just kind of worked out that the faculty members that were there at the university were kind of, they were older, kind of towards the end of their careers and a, a job opportunity opened up. So I was able to get on as a graduate assistant at the university and get my master's degree. Uh, my undergraduate degree wasn't really much education. I felt like to be prepared to go into the classroom, I needed to learn a little bit more about classroom management and tests and measurements and that kind of thing. So um, I got my master's degree in secondary education. And at the end of those two years, it still wasn't really clear what I was exactly going to do, but that's when a, a full-time position opened up. So when I, when I started there at the university, they actually said, if you're going to start, we would like for you to eventually go on and get your terminal degree in something. So um, I was young at the time, just kind of agreed to it. And uh, within about two or three years, I think it was, um, an opportunity arose for me to be able to go on and, and get my, my doctorate in sport management. So I got that from the United States Sports Academy down in uh, Daphne, Alabama. Uh, it was cool because it was one of those that was like online at the time, one of the first that was really doing like a full doctoral program online. And so I was able to teach. And like I said, at the time, still single. So I really just did did the school and taught. And that was about the only thing I did for about four, three and a half, four years. Um, so finished that up. Um, and then we were able to start kind of transitioning at the school a little bit from what they were wanting to what they wanted to become. Um, and so I was, I was put in charge of the new sport management program there at the university. So I'm the program coordinator at Bob Jones University. Fast forward a few more years and we started just recently here at, um, athletic administration and coaching master's program. That's another online, fully online program. So I'm the program coordinator for that as well. So that's kind of the academic side of it as far as the athletics go and how the two merge together. When I was finishing up my doctorate, I had to do a mentorship and the mentorship at the time just so happened coincided with the start of the Bruins athletic program there at the university. This was back in 2012. And so I, was uh, had the opportunity to work with the, the men's basketball team and was the director of basketball operations for them. And then once that was over, the hours were over with that, it just kind of morphed into a volunteer assistant position. And so I was in that position for about the next six years. Um, and then the coaching change happened. Our athletic director, who was a basketball coach at the time, took over full time as the athletic director. And so brought in a, a, a guy that was actually a friend of mine prior to that. So uh, the two of us kind of working together just kind of clicked right away. And so I became the, the assistant coach there. And so I've been with the athletic program for nine years. And then the academic side of it, I think I'm on year number 13. So um, kind of the combination of the two of them. I'm really just a teacher in the classroom and then the teacher on the court. And that's kind of my thing. So I've um, been blessed to kind of merge the two of those things together. Um, obviously with the, the master's program, you know, I'm, I'm, I teach the theories of coaching basketball class. Um, you know, there's some other aspects of it as well that the, the practical side of things, I'm able to get a hands, a hands-on experience in, in the day to day that I'm able to take into the classroom. And I, I think that's super important, especially as I work with young people, you know, you, you guys can attest to this, but the fact that you know, you get out of college and people are like, well, I've learned more in, in real life than I ever did in college. And I don't know why people are surprised by that because you're only in college for four years and you don't know anything. So you don't really have context for a lot of things. And so you're learning a lot of things. But then when you 
get out in the real world, there's a lot of other things that pop up and whatnot. Um, and, and those real life experiences really just kind of build upon the stuff that you've learned in the classroom. And for me as a teacher, those real life experiences, I'm able to take those to the classroom and say, this is how things work in real life. So this is the theory that you're learning about. This is what it looks like actually in a day-to-day experience. So um, you talked about some of the other things. I, I won't go on and on if you want to ask me some more about those, but just some other things that I do on the side. Um, I'm a contributor for a couple different athletic and basketball related um, companies that, you know, creating content for them. And um, as well, I have a podcast it's called a quick timeout podcast. That's specifically for basketball coaches, but. Which company, what are the name of the basketball companies that you. Yeah. So I work with um, Dr. Dish basketball, the the shooting machines that a lot of, a lot of teams will have in their, in their gym. Um, I also work with fast model sports, which is a basically play diagramming scouting. They do a little bit of everything for coaches. Um, and then huddle. I work with huddle, huddle. A lot of, a lot of coaches know huddle for basketball or football or whatever game breakdowns or whatnot. So, um, I produce content for, for each of those and work with them and, and some of their, um, kind of research departments sometimes and focus groups and that kind of thing. So, so yeah, for, for those of us who are, um, you know, not quite as intellectual as you are, because you do have a PhD. What, what is a terminal degree exactly? Can you explain that to Zach? He was wondering what that is. Uh, for a lot of people, it's just, um, it takes you to the brink of death. I think that's why it's called terminal. It's yeah, kind of like, gotcha. a, like a terminal. Is that word. just a PhD? Is that what a, or a uh, EDD, ED, whatever they're called? There are some others. Not ED, EDD. Yeah, no, there are a couple <laughs> others that are connected to, I think, like fine arts and whatnot. But most of the most people recognize them as either being a PhD or an EDD. What about like an uh, MDiv? That's not a terminal degree, is it? Would it um, I can't remember if they consider Dr. that an MDiv. There, there are most of them go on and get their PhDs. So they're. I so think that, that's so I mean, everybody, every AD that listens to this knows Huddle. And, and you know, fast model. I use, we use fast model at the division one level. I, sure. When you're NAI and D two, you can't afford fast model. But, <laughs> right, um, right, right. So, um, so with with huddle, when you say provide co- produce content, what does that mean exactly? Because everybody, all these people I talk to with my one heartbeat business, they're like, we need content, produce content, content. Well, what is what is content? I mean, sure. I so, understand. I mean, I can send you. I can send you some emails that I've written to people. I mean, what is exactly content? Sure. So for what some of the recent things that I've been doing with them is we'll have, uh, it's been about every other week. So we do about twice a month. We'll have several coaches come on and very similar to this, um, but it will, we'll use a streaming service. Zach was actually part of this a couple of weeks ago, uh, but we're, we basically just have several different questions kind of, it, it's almost like a panel, um, you know, getting ideas and, um, it just it gives an opportunity for coaches from a lot of different levels to get together and talk about some things. And because it's able to be streamed on live, online, either through like a Facebook account or a Twitter account, you're not only able to watch it, but you're also able to interact with it, ask yeah. questions. We had people submit questions into it. And then once that's over, we take the content that we just made and then you can do several different things with it. You can take it and turn it into a blog post. Um, they'll post it to their YouTube page and people go and look at it later than that. Um, they'll take pieces of it and chop it up and use it for, you know, we call it micro content or nano content, smaller piece of content. 
Um, you know, that's something too, that, that I teach a social media and sports class. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's very, 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 you, you talked about everybody saying, yeah, everybody wants it. Now, I don't know that everybody knows how to do it or knows how to create what we just talked about, but even a skill like that is something that I've been able to do outside of the classroom, but then I'm able to take my experiences that I've had outside of the classroom into the classroom and tell kids, this is what it actually looks like. This is how to do it. These are the programs to use. This is the software to use. Um, and, and before somebody turns this, this podcast off, let me just say that this is super important for athletic directors. Um, we talk about promoting your program and um, a lot of, I'll just say, Older people don't necessarily understand it or think that it's necessary. Uh, I have seen firsthand, you promote your program properly, you get more people in the stands at games, you get more donors, you get more parents that are wanting to send their students to your school, um, you get more kids that are recruiting other kids for you because they're posting on their social media accounts, their highlight clips and whatnot. And it, it really is about the key word here is branding. And uh, whether that's our podcast that we're talking about right now, um, my podcast that at some point, maybe at a later date, this will be released in video form and people will see me wearing a hat that has my logo on it. it, it it's just, that's branding. Um, and so being able to brand your program can literally be something that not just, not just, oh, that's nice. I, I know about that school. It can lead to dollars. And well, I Zach, mean, we, how many Twitter followers do you have? How many Twitter followers do I have? Yeah. Uh, not very many. How many do you have, Tony? How many do you? Uh, it's somewhere around 6,500. 6,500. What's the key to getting more Twitter followers? Producing because, content. Yeah. Content? Producing content that matters. Absolutely. Here's the thing that. Here's so I need thing. you, I need to start paying you to retweet stuff that I post. But actually, you have 6,500. I need to get someone with 65,000 followers too do you do well, any of that how do you but that's the thing that people are, are misunderstanding and that's what i think as athletic directors maybe you're listening to this don't confuse um don't confuse attention with scaling something so we want to we want to we want to say well, we want to grow everybody wants to talk about like growing their business and what that means in most people's minds especially when it applies to social media is more i need sixty-five thousand followers as a matter of fact, I don't need 65,000 followers. You need what, the right ones. That's exactly you? right. That's exactly right. And that's the difference. And, and that can be the thing as far as your athletic program goes. Well, we only have 100 followers. Yeah, but those may be the most important 100 eyes that you can get. I don't want 7,000 people looking, yeah. at, you know, thinking. Because the other thing that people don't understand about these social media platforms is the algorithms that are built basically keep people from seeing your content if you get too many people and nobody ever interacts with your content then you just basically just disappear into nothingness. I don't know what algorithm is, but I understood the rest of that. The and point is, is that basically the, basically you want to make sure that the attention that you're getting on your social platforms is attention that actually matters. People that care about your brand. And, and it goes, it does go to, you know, what we're talking the crowd that we're speaking to right here. Uh, don't think, well, only a hundred people are seeing this or only, I only, I only got, this is what I always hear, I, we only got three likes, so I'm going to stop posting things on social media. Like, that's yeah. the worst, that's the worst strategy, and it's not understanding what the point of what you're actually trying to do is. Well, the, so, the, how often should we post something? Go ahead, Zach. I'll, I'll back up. I, well, you, were, you were talking about algorithms. Um, 
you you're, you're trying to act about you're trying to act smart here right yeah i can tell Ever, it's coming yeah. <laughs> See, the, th the thing about algorithms is if you go back to our episode where, that we had Alex do on and we talked with AD marketing and social media platforms and things like that, um, the, the algorithm, people try to understand the algorithms and, and it's almost virtually impossible to understand the algorithms that these people use, you know, um, just because they have their algorithm and they're going to do what they want to do at the end of the day. But it's like, you know, Tony says it's, it's on the right eyes and the right people who are interacting with your program or with your, your account, you know, Hey, if, if I've got the winning way, Twitter, you know, the last thing we want is, is a bunch of, you know, uh, school teachers to be interacting with it when we want athletic directors to interact with it. And so it doesn't do me any good to have a hundred school teachers following us. I'd rather have a hundred athletic directors following us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's all about having the right people, the right content for the right people and being directly, you know, focused on that. And uh, social media is important. But you got to understand it. And you got to get a grip on it before I think you can begin to talk about algorithms and all that other stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. so get, Tony, give us a, uh, you know, what what's the number one thing you tell your students about social media? That these guys that are going out and going to work in athletic administration, give us a special sauce. Uh, I would say that I've mentioned this word already, but people need to understand attention. They need to understand like who, who is paying attention to what I'm trying to produce. And then you're also, you're basically just kind of like the term that a lot of people use is reverse engineering. And all that means is I work my way backwards. I know what they want. I'm going to work my way backwards from that to the content that I'm actually producing. So the content, let's say you're an athletic director. Well, what are you, what are the people that are going to be following your social media account going to care about? They're going to want to see their kids playing sports. They're going to want to see about, you know, a day in the life of, they want to see the final score outcomes. They want to see the first day of practice. They want to see the team store that you just opened up so that they can buy gear. Um, you know, grandma and grandpa want to see their grandkids. They want to see the new gym facility in the summertime that just got, we just got a wood floor put down or we just got the gym resurfaced or we just got new mats on the end. Branding, it, it's about branding. Um, and that's the thing about social media that I don't necessarily know that people understand entirely. It, it's not just social media. It's doing it correctly, whatever you want to say correctly is. It's about branding and marketing. It's about branding is about telling your story. So if it's the Winning Way podcast, you need to be telling what your story is. Well, in that, in that example, your story is the story of your guests. So you need to be, you could create quote graphics. You know, you could create, if you're an AD, you could create, you could record a press conference at the end that streams live on Instagram live. And when that's over, you can save that Instagram live to your camera roll and then open iMovie and chop it up into 20 different sound bites and post those the very next day. You know, you, you can, there's a ton of different ways to execute it, but it really is just about creating content. It's what Zach said. It's about creating content that people actually care about. What's going to provide value to the target markets that you're attempting to reach? Well, what other classes do you teach? Social media? <laughs> because I, that's too hard to do. I don't want to do all that. <laughs> Tommy, is the, uh, Tommy is the gray beard of the Winning Way podcast. Yeah. You know, Zach, I do have more, many more Twitter followers than you do. Though, you do. So. And by uh, the way, I have 494. Yeah. But I it's just, the right audience. Right. It's the right good. audience. No, I was, it, the, the hard part about 
an AD in, in tweeting out is just that when you tweet something out about the football team, all you care about is football. Tweet something out about girls soccer, it's don't you know football is what drives the – you know. I mean, it's just – So here's the thing that would help me out as a, as a teacher, as somebody who's teaching in this profession, and not just sending them to my school, but sending them to other schools. And it's going to help these young people out because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we're all here for. There are plenty of kids that exist in your school. I guarantee you right now, there's at least one kid that exists in your school who's really interested in this. They're really interested in maybe taking yeah. pictures or they're really interested in making movies or they're really interested in, and don't give me this. Well, you can't do that as a career for the rest of your life. Now you're really the old gray beard who's showing me that you don't know Jack about this day and age. Correct. Like those are things that you can make entire careers of. And if you have a kid who's interested in that, then help them along with that. Bring them to your games. Give them a, give them a free thing of nachos from the concession stand. I, I guarantee you they'll work for free or for little. I've tried that, and that's really good. Sure. I totally 100% agree with doing that. But at our and, place, and, the, every time there's a misspelled word when someone yeah. gets a hold of that Twitter account, our high school principal acts like – Yeah, we, he needs to we, chill, though. Yeah, he, he we, needs have to committed, chill. we have committed plagiarism. Yeah, he, he needs to that, chill on there. Because that's not that big of a deal. And, you know, to say, well, we're not going to do that anymore or whatever. Like, you, you just need to chill with that. That's not in the light of in the light of things, in the light of the long run. Like, that's I'm gonna not. Send, I'm going to send you her email address. That sounds good. Can you send sounds her good. Email Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll just send her this episode chill so we can listen. Send her this, just send her you this misspelled. The, I mean, it's, it's I'm like. I'm serious about this because it's not, it's not about the misspellings. It's about. Uh, it's about I, what you've already done, identifying kids who are interested in doing this and me encouraging them to help them develop and grow those skills. Because again, they will have opportunities once they're in college or once they're, even if they don't go to college, they'll have opportunities to create a career in this. Yeah. And if we say we're really about educating these kids, this isn't about educating them so you can achieve something at the end of the day. It's about educating them so that they can achieve something. And so, you know, even if you know, I would love for them to get involved in sports. So it's an opportunity for me to get more kids at the games or get kids that maybe aren't that interested in sports, but they have these other interests and maybe I can get them interested in sports. So, yeah, I, I would I would. And I understand the ADs being extremely busy. I'm not saying go do it. Yeah. I know a lot that have tried it and they just don't have time to do it but we actually farm it out to each of the sports teams. And, you know, that's where you as an AD can say, well, you know, I've got this coach or this team is responsible for this. I'm not even posting this about our team. You know, we'll try to get more content out for the volleyball team or for the women's lacrosse team or whoever it is. But yeah, our I, I think our football team does a great job of this. The football guy, the guy that does the football uh, Twitter is phenomenal. Does a great job, but I'm the high school principal is constantly berating yeah. me on his misspellings and stuff and just going off, you know, and yeah. I would love for you to talk to her, but it wouldn't help. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's not going to help. She doesn't, I mean, well, she feels like we're an educational institution and we're allowing, you know, misspelled words. But there are kids who are making mistakes that are misspellings in their, in her, in her classrooms all over campus every single day. It's part of the education process. And let me tell well, you, this guy's, long... a, this guy's an adult like this well, in their football, you know, I understand. So okay. Well then maybe get an extra person that, that, you know, yeah. checks the spelling or whatever. But the point is, is that in the long run, you can live with the misspelling if it's going to get you another kid at your school. 
Absolutely. If it's going to get you another $100 donations or something else. You know, I, I'll give you an example of this. We, we were able to grow our just our basketball account to the point where it only had like a thousand followers or something like that. I was actually, we were able to sell sponsorships and exchange sponsorships with local restaurants. And they provided not money, but provided food for us. And over the course of one season alone, we over $2,000 in exchanging social media sponsorships, just putting their logo on something, announcing their, doing some sort of read during a, during a basketball game. We would, you know, tell them we'll do this read for you and send people over your way and whatever. And over the course of the year, like I said, we had about four or five local restaurants that ended up providing us post-game meals. And like I said, it saved us about somewhere between $2,000 and $2,300. You, you take that to your, to your principal and say, okay, what about this misspelling? Hey, I just saved you a thousand dollars. I doubt she's going to keep talking about those misspellings as much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, you are 100% right, but she would, she doesn't care. <laughs> well, and I think, uh, Tony, to go back and, and, and mention, this is my mindset on that, um, is you've potentially just involved somebody in the athletic department who may not be an athlete. And how important is that to bridge yeah. the gap between athletes and non-athletes that every athletic director always has that task at hand, bridge yeah. the gap. How can you get your student body connected with your athletes? How can you get your athletes connected with your student body? And you know, it's tough in certain schools, you know, yeah. some, some schools, they just don't connect. Um, right. But now you've brought in that student who loves social media or, you know, for me, for instance, you bring in kind of that, that student who loves videos and and editing videos and recording hey why don't you come and be the you know record all the games for basketball why don't you upload it to huddle why don't you you know send it out to all the players so now they have it why don't you you know do all this and then boom next thing you know you've got a kid involved in athletics connecting building relationships with the athletes and to see that walking down the hallway when you got little Johnny who was not involved with athletics, but now is getting high-fived by the top, you know, basketball player and all yeah. that, that is rewarding as the athletic director to see that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I do I wholeheartedly agree with that is, is bringing somebody in who is not necessarily involved in athletics to give them a job that is a huge job in the athletic yeah. realm and your department. Yeah. And, and there's more ways than just social media. You know, you can, you can have, you can have a pet band that brings kids from the band to the, to the games or just the big games or whatever. You can invite kids from the elementary school to be the sweat wiper uppers on the end lines. You can have uh, elementary school nights where the elementary school, you know, it's one thing that we're, we're hoping to do, but like we have a, a huge elementary school that's connected to the university. Well, having one or two games a, a year where you bring in, classes and they come in you have contests and doing things during halftime or whatever you know we had the one year we had the best during the actual games kind of like a, an MC, and it was one of our older students who was a senior who's a sport management major and he just it was actually a guy who works over there with 323 sports we'll go ahead and give him a plug during this but travis wood and he would he would like do the mc and we do do contests and um you know hand out chick-fil-a coupons and whatnot during the game and people still talk about that and that was like six years ago yeah. i mean there are a ton of ways to involve and create your sport make your sporting events like central activities and events on your campus and make them more than just sports how but many it students is, does bob jones have right now you guys uh, are like 80,000 now, right? No, no, no. There, there are in person, there's about 2,500. There's another 
at least a thousand, maybe more closer to fifteen hundred down in the academy that we have there on campus, and then they have online students as well. So it's kind of the way that colleges across the country are kind of going to online school and that kind of thing. So it's it's a little bit of everything. Where are we going to be ten years from now? You know, you're teaching, um, you know, all these young minds, and I, I think we're my. I'm worried that there will be very few small colleges left 10 years from now. You know, the liberal arts institutions, um, you see them dying every year. And, you know, you, uh, a lot of the teams I used to play against when I was the coach at Bluefield college don't exist anymore. And, um, you just see them going by the wayside. Like I, I'm sure Trinity won't make it very long. Um, wow. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I just, well, we're, I, we're, I'm just kidding on Trinity, but you see, especially a lot of liberal arts Christian school, well, it's just small, small colleges, especially the liberal arts piece sure. of education seems to be dying. I know my son's 24 and, you know, he has all the answers to everything in the world and he's a very intelligent guy. And he, I think he, he feels like his education was a complete waste of time, 100% sure. waste of time. And 10 years from now, no one's going to be doing this. So, so the question that you had, there's about 97 questions there that you, yeah. Welcome to the winning way podcast with Tommy Brown. (laughs) (laughs) You asked me though, a couple different questions in that, but by saying kind of the same thing or asking me the same question, but it was actually a couple different questions. You asked me, I think one of the questions you maybe asked me is is just about colleges in general and and kind of the purpose of, because there is a, there is a there are some out there who are saying college isn't important, go out, get involved in a job. And I think there's always going to be a place for college, especially with some careers. People the people that are saying that are saying that in careers that I'll be honest with you, it may not be necessary for them to go to college. Like that's yeah. just the reality of it. They can go out and, you know, be an apprentice to someone or go get in, into the workplace right away. But, but that doesn't mean like the, the education part still isn't there. That's the other thing that I don't know that people are really considering. They think that I, all I need is a high school education. Then I go out there and then I just start working. Like you got to still keep learning. <laughs> like what, the, that's the thing that I don't necessarily hear people talking about, about the value of the education. They say, well, we're just going into thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. Well, that was on you to pick to go to that college. That not all colleges cost, <laughs> cost that much. And then, you know, what are you getting return on your investment? That's the other question that you're asking me is, is it going to, this is the question that I'm hearing from a lot of parents is, okay, that's great and all, what job is my kid going to be able to get when this is over? And that's a legitimate question. So that's on me to make sure that the classes that I'm teaching, when you come to my classes, we just talk about that social media class if you come into most of my classes, I'm not standing up there teaching. I'm not standing up there lecturing. I've, I've already given them the information or I'm only lecturing for 20, 30 minutes. And then they're going to work on an assignment or work on a project that I know is going to help them once they graduate. Yeah. And again, I think that's where being experienced and getting experience outside of the classroom and not just growing up in this bubble and teaching in this bubble where we're just teaching what everybody, the same kinds of things that everybody else has been teaching and we just teach them theory. And then they go out. And like you said, with your son, your son says, I would guess, I don't know if this is true, but I would guess he got a lot of theory over the course of his four years. He went and sat in a lot of lectures and learned a lot of great information but did he get a lot of did he get a lot of practical experience inside 
and outside of the classroom both? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say probably not. And, and he feels like he knows more than all of his professors. So sure. Um, sure. That's, because he's, he's, he's because he's looked at everything on YouTube and he can find out what he needs to find on YouTube, which right. is fine. That's the other piece. People are still going to get educated. Where are you yeah. going to choose to go do it? For well, you a know lot what of kids, more... for a yeah. lot of kids, going to college is great because they don't have the discipline to, to do it yeah. on their own. So sure. so you they actually have to go pay somebody thousands of dollars to actually make them do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Sure, you can do it on your own, but most people don't have the self-discipline to go and do it on their own. So we're talking about a lot of different things. There's a lot of different factors that I feel like a lot of people are just throwing these big statements at and saying, we don't need yeah. college or you don't need. And I don't necessarily agree with all that. I am concerned about small college athletics. So, and you, you look at it and all these schools are closing down because they are very expensive. I mean, liberal arts education is more expensive than I'm sure I think Bob Jones is very affordable for private schools, but um, you take South Carolina schools, for example, I mean, uh, Presbyterian where I worked, I mean, it is $50,000 a year. And so uh, yeah, North Greenville's expensive, all those South Carolina schools. And so you're right. People are going to say, is this worth it? What am I going to be able to get out of this? And 10 years from now, I'm concerned that, you know, who is Bob Jones going to play 10 years from now? I think you guys have kind of a unique niche with, with where you are, but other schools well, don't necessarily have that. Like Trinity, Trinity um, doesn't have that unique yeah. niche. Someone can well, go to uh, Pensacola Christian or like Clearwater's went down there, Zach. Well, we've already seen that trend in that, you know, we'll talk about NCCAA schools. You've already seen that trend. Clearwater closed down uh florida college yeah got bought out by johnson university uh Tennessee temple Tennessee big temple. lee rival that i mean we used to there used to be four thousand people at our game against tennessee temple it was yeah. crazy and um so but gone virginia intermont gone you know boom you can go down the the list these schools are struggling and also too i mean tony a lot of these institutions are 70 to 80 percent athletes yeah. You know, so like, uh, I would say North Greenville, let's use them for an example. I mean, what percentage of their students are athlete? I guarantee you it's 70 to 80%. And you, especially schools with football. So I, I worry that uh, at some point someone's going to say, well, why is this school open? Is it just for athletics? I mean, what what's the yeah. purpose here? So I don't know any, again, another, I don't know where you go with that, Tony, but I'll throw it out. Well, I think that that you mentioned a word like you need to find and this is businesses are finding this out. Schools are finding this out. Anybody that's trying to sell a product, doesn't matter what it is, is finding this out. It's about finding your niche or your niche, whatever you want to call it, that they're again trying to be all things to all men and you become nothing to anybody. Mm. But finding, you know, who, who is, who is the, the student that we're really trying to recruit to come to news? It, there are a lot of people, when you are honest with yourself about that, that's going to eliminate a lot of people. And, and most administrators don't want to admit that. Or they want to make, they want to get a lot of people there. We want to, we want to keep growing bigger and bigger and bigger. When the reality is, it really, businesses that are finding success are saying, okay, we're going to find out who exactly our target market is. We're going to create a product that meets specifically that target market. And those are the ones who are successful. And I think that that's is reflected all the way up to 
even the highest levels of, of education. We talk about Harvard or Princeton. Harvard's been in the news a lot with not lowering their, their tuition, yet maybe going online entirely. And the value that maybe they still are creating, and there are other things that we won't need to talk about with that. But the point is, is Harvard's not for everybody. Yeah. But, but the people that it is for are willing to pay for it. And, and you know I, what? If, if Harvard's thousand students, they let in that year to say, hey, no, I want to go, I want to go, you know, books to mortar or whatever. I want to go on campus. Well, the next thousand will gladly step right in. Yep. So they yep. take their spots. Yep. That's, so again, and they've I, got billion dollar endowments, billions and billions too. Sure. That, that's been given to them by people who found value in them and who yeah. profited from going to their university and who now are profiting enough to give back to their university. So I, I think it, for an athletic director, they need to think about this as well. You know, what, what sports do you have there at your school? Okay. Why do you have them? Is that actually meeting your target market? That may lead you to eliminate some sports, which is going to make some people angry, but you may be able to then add some sports or focus more on other sports that is going to make a much larger group more happy and maybe bring more people to your school or bring more excitement to your stadiums. Or so again, I just think that more of life is about marketing than people think it is. Um, so you go back to your original question, the classes that you asked that I teach, I teach the social media and sports class. I teach a sports marketing class. And those are my two favorite classes. Yeah. If you can't tell from, my speaking over the last 30 minutes or so. So Well, and they're, and they're both very important classes, probably more yeah. so, or not more so, but they're ranked up there, should be ranked up there in the highest, you know, yeah. level of importance when it comes down to it. Because the area that we're going and the direction that our generation is going, uh, social media, if you are not relevant on social media, then you are not relevant. Um, and you know, maybe some people disagree with that. Um, some people don't like it because of what social media, you know, brings, but you have to be, and kids live on it. And like you said, in order to get that kid in, you gotta be willing to post some things. You know, I, I've told the story on here multiple times and, and I talk about it, you know, often, uh, one of my biggest complaints from a parent was that I didn't, you know, of course they're blaming me cause I'm the athletic director and that's fine. I take the blame for everything underneath the umbrella of athletics here. Um, but I did not promote their son enough on social media when he had good games. And I was like, Oh, okay. At first I'm like, I don't really see the importance of this. Then I slowly started to see the importance of it, but then it got to the point where I was like, okay, if it's not about their son, then it's a problem. And, and that's, that's where we had to draw the line there. But yeah. again, I mean, did they have some leg to stand on? Sure. Okay. Um, you know, was he often outshadowed by someone else on the team? Yes. So we can't, you know, the guy that scores five and five points, five rebounds doesn't really get the recognition of the guy that does 20 and, and 15, but that's another topic. Um, but still, social media is important. And uh, so, so let's, let's gateway away from social media for a bit. Uh, we talked about this kind of prior. Uh, networking. Networking in your field or, or dealing with students that want to learn and, and kind of take this route. I mean, networking is a huge aspect of this business, whether it's you're an individual coach on a team or you're an athletic director. Um, you know, we talked about it briefly before we started uh, getting on here and, and going live. Um, but networking is it's, it's all in who you know. And a lot of times another uh, opportunity comes about just because you were able to network and connect with somebody. So how do you relate that over? How do you translate that over to your students? Uh, and do you stress the importance of networking? Um, and where do you rank it? And and the importance of your degrees. 
early on when, when we were putting the courses together and kind of determining how many, how many credits things would be, how many times we would meet and whatnot, one of the main factors that led to the decision to make the classes the length that they are was simply this networking piece and the conversation that I had with the dean at the time he said you know we can have it you know be a two credit class or be a three credit class and if you make it a three credit class that'll allow you to have more class hours that will allow you to bring in more guest speakers mm. and ever since that whether it was in that initial class we have an introductory class that we we have with our freshman students the very first year that they're there um, or even the other classes that I have. I have guest speakers in probably once every other week in every single class. So over the course of their four years, they're probably connecting with, I don't know, 40 to 60 probably from the other classes as well, other, other individuals who are in the program. That's one thing too, that as athletic directors are listening to this, they're gonna have the ear of athletes and a lot of athletes become interested in sport management because they see just see the word sport or sports there. Um, sport management is about business and sports. So it's not going out and kicking a ball around. It's the finance and the marketing and the ethical piece and the risk factor and, you know, psychology. And there's a lot, lot more to it. Most students don't know that when they come in. Most adults don't know that. That's the number one question I get because a lot of the, the kids will be interested. And the first question the parent has is, can you tell me what this major is about? It really is just business with a sport working in a sport field. And that could be working for a sports team. That can be an athletic director. That can be a coach. That can be working for a, uh, a, a sports provider that maybe gives uniforms. Or I mean, there literally are thousands. This could go on and on and on. Yeah. And, it's a $400 billion yeah, industry. I, I mean, we even talked about the marketing piece of it. Businesses that have absolutely nothing to do with sports most likely are sponsoring to some degree something sport related because they know the attention that's given to sports. Um, and whether that's your primary job or something that you do after hours, probably everybody that's listening to this, you will have spent money or time doing something athletic or sport related after your nine to five job or for us. You know. So what's the key to getting sponsorships for your small business or your athletic department? Yeah. So, I, I mean, the main thing with that is just connecting with people who are going to be interested in what, in what your, your audience is interested in. Most of the time you're, you have a shared, shared audience. So for, for Noose, I would guess, has Chick-fil-A sponsored you to some degree? Over uh, the course of, our school, not necessarily athletic. Okay. Department, but All our right. um, I would guess probably somebody who is a probably for you all, a local businessman that had something to do with either being a lawyer or an attorney or, you know, any, whoever, whatever they share a joint target market with, you can typically get people interested in, in sponsoring you. If the read that you give at a halftime or the signage that you have in the gym or the advertisements that's flashed up on the bottom of a, of a board, a scoreboard or something like that, or a social media post, if, if your customers are overlap with their customers, they'll probably be interested in sponsoring you. Um, but going back to your point, Zach, you know, you said it's, it's who, you know, I would take it a step further than that. One of the things that I've realized is it's not just who, you know, but who know it, it's more important who knows you. Hmm. And so when they come into my classroom, they're able to connect after the talk is over. The students are able to connect with the person who's standing up there in the, in the, given the speech 
and then they can grab the person's business card. And then I have a lot of them that meet up with them afterwards or, you know, go to lunch or they'll check with them later when they have their internship later on, you know, and who doesn't like free labor. So of course they take them on for their internship. And then now the boss is able to get to know them. And then once you get in that network and that funnel, then you're able to be, cause you know, how many people know other people in other positions you're able to get a job either with the company that you internshiped with, or that person gives you a recommendation to somebody else. So I would say, especially for those that have young people who are interested in getting into sports, give them, give them practical experiences there, maybe at your school, but encourage them. There's, I know there's several, even around you up there, Zach, that they could go work for a, a minor league sports team, a baseball team, or somewhere, you know, the colleges that are close by, they're able to make, maybe go do some work on game day, even if it's just working and volunteering for, for an event somewhere with, with some team, a baseball team or soccer team or something like that, you know, getting involved as quickly as you can. That way you can get people getting to know you that will give you recommendations for the next potential job that you're interested in the next one, the next one, next one. So yeah, networking, this idea of, of for me, it, it's networking done properly is about relationship building. It's not about, it's not about handing out business cards and shaking hands so that you can leverage that person and, man, and manipulate them to get you the next job. You know, you do it correctly, job opportunities will open up, but that's not the main purpose. That's not the goal of, of networking. It shouldn't be the main goal. Um, it, it is about relationship building. And so you, you, if you do it the right way, it usually takes a long time, years, you know, conversations, multiple conversations, um, but, you know, career-wise, it can be beneficial in the long run for you, but that shouldn't be the main goal of it. Yeah. I was actually going to say, uh, I recently heard it, and I, I think going back to our little uh, uh, connection that we had the other day on your, your huddle uh, platform, I think it was you that said when we were talking about it, it's networking is not simply giving a business card to somebody and shaking their hand. It's building that relationship with them. Um, and uh, it's funny that you said that because I was thinking, I was like, man, where did I hear that from the other day? Um, <laughs> but, it, but you're 100% right. I mean, you know, when I was at, uh, at Trinity and on staff there, we went to uh, the Final Four out in Dallas in 2014. And, um, you know, to, to sit in that room full of coaches, Tommy, I know you've been there. Uh, Tony, I'm sure you've been there as well. And, you know, the NABC and all that, you're sitting in this room full of coaches. You know, Bill Self's walking around, Rick Pitino's walking around, and, and – to see the guys that are walking around and just, Hey coach, here's my business card. You know, it's so awkward to see yeah. that, yeah. you know, that, that, that event happen there. And it's like, what are they going to do with your business card? You think yeah. Bill self really cares about my business card? No, I need to yeah. find a, an opportunity to kind of sit with him, ask him a question about basketball, ask him a question about Kansas, ask him about something and then create a relationship there, before, you know, where we build and we, we have an opportunity to do something like this. I mean, kind of goes based off of how, you know, uh, Tony, you and I kind of connected. Yeah. Little follow on Twitter, reach out, and next thing you know, here you are a guest on, you know, the winning way. Yeah. And uh, not saying that we have a phenomenal relationship or anything, you know, maybe one day, I don't know, but we'll have a chance to meet in person. Um, but still, you know, it, it's about the building relationship aspect of it. And, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, now, you, you talked about, I'm gonna let you give a little self plug here. You talked about a quick timeout podcast. Tell us a little bit about that and, uh, and what you guys look to do and accomplish. Yeah. I mean, from the name itself, I, there's a lot of ton of great basketball podcasts out there and it seems there's a new one starting every single day. Um, for others, the reason that I started, it actually happened from a conversation 
that I overheard. So I was actually eavesdropping on, on somebody that was having a conversation with another person. I think it was their mom. I was at a clinic, um, a Nike clinic, basketball clinic, and we had decided not to listen to the speaker in this in this session and go outside instead. And while we were outside, a younger girl lady came outside and I overheard her say, you know, it's been a lot of great information has been given and it's great, but this stuff is not going to help my middle school girls do better on the basketball court. Like I, I, I can't do this with them. They won't have any idea what I'm, what I'm teaching them. And it just kind of struck me that even the basketball basketball podcasts that are out there, there's a lot of great ones. And the, it, if you were to pull coaches, they would say the best ones are the one that are going deep dive on things and talking very, you know, strategically. And, but the fact of the matter is there's a lot of young coaches out there who just need help coaching their middle school girls yep. basketball team. Yep. And I'm not out here really to like impress a lot of people. I just want to be a help to somebody and, you know, ask simple questions and get people who are a lot smarter than I am to answer those questions. And as the name implies to do it kind of quickly, because the fact of the matter is I know every single person that's listening to this podcast is extremely busy. If you're an athletic director, you probably hold three other jobs unofficially and you don't have time to listen to an hour and a half podcast. Correct. And so most of our conversations at most are, are 28 to 30 minutes long. Most of them are actually around like 20 minutes long. You can listen to it during a free break, uh, you know, a free hour. You can listen to it on your drive into work or drive home from school. I try to pack in as much as I can, but also I, I try to kind of, I don't go super deep. I've had a couple people reply to me that, man, I wish you would ask a couple more questions about that. I could have asked those questions and the person I'm sure could have gave great answers, but you and I both know that it means more to an individual and they'll remember it and it'll become their own if they go out and research it on their own. Yeah. So I almost try to intentionally skim the surface of things and get people inquisitive about things so that they'll go and maybe I, I get a lot of people to follow up and will ask me, Hey, I heard you talked about this on a podcast. Could you tell me more about, and I'm more than happy to do that. I think it will mean more to them if they go and research that on their own. So we have a variety of guests. I live in the college basketball world. So I'm more, it's more high school and college coaches that I'm talking to. I don't really talk to a lot of professional coaches. Um, and you know, even going back to the networking piece, selfishly, it's been a great opportunity for me to network with people and build relationships with people and to learn from other people. I mean, I learn as much, even if nobody listened to it, I'd probably keep doing it just because I, I learn a ton from it. And after the fact, there are so many of these guys who, you know, connect with me on Twitter and we keep up with each other and, and build relationships and, you know, learn from each other. And it's just, it's been great. And it, outside of basketball too, I mean, they're, they're able to influence and encourage me outside of basketball. So, um, you know, from a selfish standpoint, that's part of the reason why I have the podcast but I do want it to be a help to anybody who's listening, especially to the middle school. I don't know if she's ever listened to my podcast. I probably should have followed up and checked to see, <laughs> but uh, especially the middle school girls coach down there in, in South Carolina, who the information that she was getting at the, the clinic wasn't really doing it for, her, but hopefully some of the stuff that she hears on my podcast will help her middle school girls team win a few more games. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's kind of the idea for us is, you know, we just want to help. And if one person listens to it and is able to pull one little thing out of it, then, then we've accomplished our job. Yeah. And uh, so, we, like you said, if, if nobody listens to it, I'd probably still do it. You know, yeah. it's, 
it gives me my chance and, and it's a little nice little hobby you yeah. know and uh so but anyway uh well cool. always leave feeling better because i've encouraged you that's that's right <laughs> yeah. if, that's if right. encouragement is what we're calling it then sure uh <laughs> usually uh you know anyway well I'm encouraged uh, by you tom <laughs> yeah uh tony I, I appreciate you joining us today um if you will tell our listeners where they can you know follow you at where they can find your your podcast or quick time podcast and and uh what platforms you're on and, and give you a, a quick little second to do that yeah i'm on twitter at tony w miller uh you can shoot me a dm if you have any questions about things maybe anything we talked about uh, on instagram it's at coach.miller and then the podcast is a quick timeout you can just find that on a quick timeout com yeah yeah and, and i will say um tony is 100 percent accurate when he says if you reach out to him uh he will get back with you um and that is a a uh true example of, of this right here um because i think that's kind of how like i said the relationship kind of started in a sense is uh saw something or listened and reached out and next thing you know i think i actually think i asked you a question about sports management yeah because i teach a sports management elective here and yeah. uh i think that's what it started um so um tony will reach back out to you which is a which is awesome a lot of times you know when people get big time they're they're too big for the small (laughs) people you know once Um, i get big time maybe i won't reach back out but yeah you know who knows but anyway tony i appreciate you joining us uh this is the winning way podcast you can follow us on twitter at the winning way um and don't forget feel free to email us any questions suggestions and comments and uh, we're always open for that and and uh always looking for examples and people to reach out so tony tommy i appreciate you guys being with us today tony great to meet you buddy good luck to to meet you as well appreciate you guys a pleasure enjoy today's episode is brought to you by one heartbeat athletics if you're looking on how to build a warrior culture in your athletic department then look no further One Heartbeat Athletics is guaranteed to enhance your team's toughness and change the lives of your athletes. If you're interested in setting up a free 15-minute preview, please email Tommy Brown at bethethumb at yahoo.com. That is bethethumb at yahoo.com.